Hey, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you have joined us online. My name is Jason. I'm the student pastor here. And I'm Nate, and I'm the pastor of Community Life. So to get our service started, we want to do a little fun activity. So Nate's going to explain what that is. Yeah, so this fun activity is simple. All right, it's called Weird Christmas Words. And so all that you have to do as you're watching at home or wherever you're watching is I'm going to say a word, and you are going to have to guess from the three options I give you Mm. what's the correct answer. Jason does not know the answer to these, and so Jason's going to play along with you at home. Okay? Right? So the first word, again, these, and by the way, these are real words. They're not like made-up words. Like real Christmas words. Real Christmas words, okay? okay, And you can use them in a sentence hopefully multiple times today. (laughs) All right? The first word is kedge-gutted. Kedge-gutted. And your three options are feeling sick from eating too much. Yes. A type of mistletoe. Ooh. Or the type of coat Santa wears. Got it. Okay, so Jason, what do you think the answer is? I think it is the type of coat that Santa wears. It is not the type of coat that Santa wears. Jason, how do you not know what the kedge gutted actually means? Feeling sick from eating too much. Again, that seems a right. common, gutted, common you know, thing Maybe for that us. would work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got hey, All before right. we go to the next word, can you right. uh, tell everybody about next week, real quick? Yeah. So next next Sunday is January first, and we would love to have you join us for worship at our 9 a.m. and 10:30 a.m. services because. We are going to be preaching. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> well, you may not think it's that exciting, right. but we think it's exciting. And by the way, families, we're going to have birth through uh, preschool, child care. So we would love to have you join us. And we're going to have a chief's watch party after our second service. We would love to have you. Lots of food. It's going to be great. It will be great. And also, like if you do not want to hear us preach, but you still want to come participate in the chief's watch That's party, fair. you are more than welcome to come join us and hang out with us. We're going to start about 10 or 1145. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. All right, two more words. Uh, The next word, again, true words. True words. True Christmas words. True Christmas Christmas words. Okay. Scurry funge. Okay. Scurry funge is the word. Scurry funge. Your options are last minute house cleaning. Okay. Hurrying to a Christmas party. Yes. Or mold on a Christmas tree. Got it. No, you don't. Mold on a Christmas tree. Nope. Nope, you what? are wrong again, Jason. All right, it actually is last-minute house cleaning. Really? My guess is that you at home are doing a lot better than Jason is. Scurry fudge. Scurry fudge. Ah, interesting. Okay, scurry fudge. Again, oh. try to use it in a sentence today. Scurry fudge. It would be good. I'm a scurry fudge okay. today. Uh, next word, okay. last word, okay. right, last but okay. not least, okay, true Christmas words, kind of weird. Yep. Yule shard. <laughs> okay. Yule shard. Okay, I'll, I'll okay your options are a last-minute Christmas prepper. Okay. Bark from a Christmas tree. Yes. Or Santa's pocket knife. Got it. No, you don't. I'm going to go with number one. Okay. Yay! All right. One one for three. A last-minute Christmas prepper is Yule Shard. Again, try to use these in the sentence multiple times today. Your friends will be impressed, especially Grandma. That's right. (laughs) Hey, as we actually transition out of this wonderful, life-changing activity, um, we are actually going to have a really, really great... um, Christmas story that's told by some of the Hillcrest families. So sit back, enjoy. Thanks for being with us. Bye. The story of Jesus' birth from Luke 2 and Matthew 2. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God of justice, God of life, from the heavens you ring, on the earth may you ring. Raise your mountain in our sight, from the heavens you ring, on the earth may you ring. The unlikeliest place, the stable of grace, as we wait in expectation, lay down our souls. Put on your word as the angels declare your good news. God of hope, God of joy, with souls that are yearning, we sing with one voice. Lord, your kingdom may you bring from the heavens you ring, on the earth may you ring. God of love. God of peace, the most unexpected and peaceable King. Lord, your kingdom may you bring from the heavens you ring. On the earth may you ring. From the heavens you ring. On the earth may you ring. We sing, fall down no more in your freedom to your side we will soar oh, see strangers as friends we make our amends see healing of hearts that are broken 
our sorrows aside we pick up your stride as our shepherd is leading us home god of hope god of joy with souls that are yearning we sing with one voice lord your kingdom may you bring from the heavens you ring on the earth may you ring god of love god of peace the most unexpected and peaceable king lord your kingdom may you bring from the heavens you ring on the earth may you ring from the heavens you ring on the earth may you ring the unlikeliest place the stable of grace the angels sing hallelujah lay down our souls we put on your word we go forth declaring good news God of hope God of joy with souls that are yearning we sing with one voice Lord your kingdom may you bring from the heavens you ring on the earth may you ring God of love, God of peace, the most unexpected and peaceable King. Lord, your kingdom, may you bring from the heavens you ring. On the earth may you ring, from the heavens you ring, on the earth may you ring. We sing, There's just something about Christmas cookies, eating them and baking them with friends and family. Can you imagine Christmas without them? It just wouldn't be as sweet. But you have to wait for them. You have to be patient. Anything good takes time. You can't rush love. You can't hurry gift giving. There's something good about the anticipation. Something exciting about the wait. It can be frustrating. We aren't very good at patience anymore. But there is a gift in the waiting. For hundreds of years, the people of God waited for the promised one to arrive. They told stories of God's rescue and the one who would set things right. And they waited. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, 
and shall execute justice and righteousness. When Jesus was born, the wait was over. He came to begin a new movement of God, a movement that is still transforming and redeeming lives. The first advent brought the baby Jesus. The second advent will bring the King. We wait for Christ to return and call us home. We wait for Jesus to save this world. We wait. We wait together. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ.
At Christmas, our mighty God shows up as a tiny child. The fact that Jesus became a baby and was born into this world is, is hard to comprehend. And the stories of the Bible, when God appears, he often overwhelms and, and shocks those who encounter him. When God appears to Moses, he captures Mount Sinai in a thunderstorm for 30 days. When Ezekiel has a vision of God's throne room, it sounds like rushing water and God's voice, like the movements of a great army. Ezekiel fell to his face before his mighty God. When Daniel saw the presence of God, there was a river of fire and thousands upon thousands worshiping before their creator. And Daniel was, was terrified and pale. He almost passed out. When our mighty God shows up, if, it, if we were to experience the throne room the way that Moses and Ezekiel and Daniel did, it, it would be overwhelming and powerful. So when Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem, it must have been a different experience. Of course, if you've ever had a tiny child in your life, you know that sometimes, maybe most of the times, it's overwhelming and powerful. Even a tiny child can turn our world upside down. As a father of, of three kids, there's been times when I've been pale and almost passing out. But with tiny children, the parents are in charge. The parents have authority. They get to decide on the diet and the bedtime and screen time. Even though children will push back, the mom or dad is the one who is in charge and responsible. So what happens when the child is the son of God? What happens when the child is the eternal creator, mighty God, with skin on? Luke 2, the passage that was read earlier in this service by some families here from Hillcrest, they tell us of Mary and Joseph as they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Jesus to be born. And in verse 7 it says, And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. That description of Jesus as the firstborn is used later on in the New Testament. When Paul is writing a letter to his friends in Colossae, he writes these words, Jesus is the firstborn before all things. In him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. So then everything, he may have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in Jesus. Mighty God, fully dwelling, completely encompassed in a tiny child, a newborn named Jesus. And Jesus, who holds all things together, is welcomed to earth by all those things that he created. From the highest heavens where angels form a choir to sing, all the way down to those with the lowest position in their culture, the shepherds who were watching their sheep and hurried to meet this new king. When the angels appeared, they told the shepherds, a savior has been born to you, for you. Jesus arrived for all humanity. Jesus was at the same time holy and human, divine and common, immortal and yet frail, a mighty God and a tiny child. When the angels told Jesus' mom that he was going to be born, the angel said, the child to be born will be called holy. He will be called the son of God. Now, holy means that Jesus was exalted. He was set apart perfect 
in every way. Jesus is divine. And since he's divine and we are not, there's going to be things about Jesus that we will struggle to understand. There will be things that, mysteries about him that demand faith. There's a poem called After Annunciation that talks about the mystery of Jesus' birth. Just a few lines from that poem. This is the irrational season when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd been no room for the child. The miracle of Jesus makes him fully uncommon. And yet scripture reminds us that he was common. 30 of his 33 years he spent in a little town called Nazareth that most people didn't think anything good could come from. We don't know much about his life as a child. We have one short story of when he was 12 years old in the temple, but that's, that's about it. There's one line in Mark's description of Jesus' life that, that catches me. It points out that most of the people who saw Jesus thought he was common like, like you, like me. As Jesus is traveling around on his teaching and miracle tour, he heads back to his hometown. And as he's teaching, the people begin to talk. Mark chapter 6 records their words. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's the wisdom that he's been given that he does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And, And they took offense at him. If you have an NIV study Bible at the bottom on the notes, it will tell you what this verse means. It says, the question they ask is derogatory. Meaning, is he not a common worker with his hands like the rest of us? They saw no reason to believe that he was different from them, much less that he was specially anointed by God. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the guy who fixed my roof? Jesus, he's the sweaty guy I see sanding wood all the time. As one common person talking to other common people, it's amazing to think that Jesus became common too. Even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah told us that the Messiah would seem normal and common. Isaiah 53, verse 2. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. John writes at the beginning of his story of Jesus, Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The one born in the stable to a teenage mother and the town carpenter, this baby placed on the hay to sleep that first night with just pieces of cloth wrapped around him. This is the Messiah, common, and yet so much more. Jesus is the greatest gift of Christmas, and and one of the reasons is because he transforms common things into holy things. Jesus changes ordinary into extraordinary. He transforms what is natural into supernatural. This tiny child reveals that our mighty God can infuse our lives with his presence and his power. The Holy Spirit fills our lives when we surrender to Jesus. And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are no longer common. You are a daughter of the Most High. You become son of the Creator. Jesus sets the example and then he gives us a pathway that embraces our our common life and infuses it with forgiveness and truth, with power and purpose. Jesus breathes into us a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 
Many of you have experienced that new life in Jesus. And every day you choose to live it out. That first birth in Bethlehem gets repeated over and over again when common humanity responds to their Father God and receives new life. When they are are born again, not physically, but spiritually reborn. Did you know that when you become a follower of Jesus, you are given a new name, a new identity? Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, would write a letter to the church, and in it he said that we, as followers of Jesus, we are now priests. You are gifted the holiness of God. You are given the righteousness of Jesus. When you walk into a room, it becomes a temple. When you sit in your living room with family and friends, God is present and active. When you drive across Kansas to visit extended family, you bring the light of God's love with you. You may appear common, but you are so much more. And that's not because you have it all together. It's not because you've figured it all out. It's because that tiny child has brought everything together for you. Jesus creates in you a new reality, common and yet holy. You and I, we sure look normal, but we are not. And that's because the best gift of Christmas, Jesus was born and lived and died and rose again. That's what we celebrate today that Jesus gives us, this tiny child gives us a new life. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus to earth, for giving us forgiveness and hope, for creating in us something new, a new kind of life. Jesus, thank you for coming and giving yourself for us that we might be forgiven and transformed by the Spirit of God. We pray that today, as we celebrate Christmas, that we would celebrate your birth and the transformation you make in us. Thank you for breathing into us, these common people, something holy. Transform us, Father, because of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
sorrows grow, no thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. No more let sin and sorrows grow, no thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. For as the curse is found, for as the curse is found. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Christmas at Hillcrest. And for all of you, no matter where you are, we hope that you'll continue to pursue new life in Jesus. So from all of us, we say, Merry Christmas! Yeah. 